<laughs> I was just rallying on one. I just wanted to welcome you to another TRC broadcast. Uh, I'm your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod. Again, we're excited about you being here. We thank God for everything that's going on in our ministry. Um, what God is doing, really, worldwide in the church. This is the year of the church. Before we played church, now we will be the church. And God is doing a tremendous thing. All you have to do is look around. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. You know, so again, I just want to encourage you. I don't know where you might be today. I don't know what might be going on in your life. You might be struggling with something. You might be um, in depression. You might be oppressed by the enemy. But I want to encourage you today. I'm telling you, God has the last word. God will never, ever give the last word away to anyone. Are you listening? So no matter what it is you're going through, you've been here before. Before, And if you haven't been here before, just know God is the God of victory. He is the God of victory. All you have to do is stay put, stay in him, and you will see. God do the miraculous. Don't try to figure it out. When you try to figure it out, that's your first mistake. Are you listening? The Bible says to trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. So with that in mind, we're going to get ready to get right into the word of God. And I want you to really just have your ears on to hear. Because God is wanting to give you a dynamic word personally. One for you. Amen. So today I'm going to talk or this afternoon. I'm going to talk to you about something uh, uh, about how the stages that we have in our lives, uh, no matter who you are, your life has stages and we all go through different stages in life. And when I look back, according to the word of God, many times they are com comparable to the stages that the children of Israel went in. So. I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to break it up in these three segments. And I want you to see if you can identify who you are, uh, where you are, and more importantly, where you need to be. So we're going to talk about from the subject of Egypt, the wilderness, and Canaan. You're going to learn something that you may have thought you already knew in regards to each one of these stages. But I want you to really just kind of look at your life and say, you know, does my life represent Egypt, the wilderness, or does it represent Canaan? All right. You know, uh, <clears throat> you have to be transparent. You have to be honest, because if you're not honest, let me tell you something. One thing about God, God is never going to bless the person you pretend to be. He's never. See, God is looking for transparency. He's looking for those who are willing to just step up and say, here I am in all my mess. God, help me. Help me to go from where I am to where I need to be. So never forget that. You know, you with, with the world we live in of Instagram and uh, Facebook and, uh, you know, all of these other social media platforms, people have learned to become someone else. But just remember, God will never bless the person you pretend to be. Now, um, the stages from Egypt to the wilderness to Canaan is progressive. 
and you must meet it with sincerity and determination and of course diligence uh make no mistake about it as you start that journey no matter where you are god is never going to give you a shortcut from egypt to canaan you will have a wilderness experience you understand what I'm saying? You will have. And it doesn't matter where you are. Sometimes we look at that and we start thinking about the wilderness experience and we try to put a description on it. But it doesn't matter who you are. You could be having a wilderness experience in your relationship. You could be having it in raising your kids. You could just be having it in your career. You will have a wilderness experience and we're going to talk about it. And so maybe you will be able to see where you are in regards to this. First of all, we're going to start by talking about Canaan. Is this is interesting because Canaan is where we start. How many of you remember Canaan? I said this the other day and I uh, it's worth repeating again. The biggest issue with the believers in the church is not the devil. The biggest issue is amnesia. We forget where God brought us from. We forget the mess we were in. We forget the pain that we were suffering. We forget the oppression. We forget the depression. We forget when the devil had us on lockdown, the Bible calls him a taskmaster. And we forget about those things. But Egypt represents the time, it stands for a time of slavery. This was the time when you had very little choices about anything. You didn't choose much about what you ate. I'm, I'm going to start at the lower level of, 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 of Egypt because there were people who were balling and were still in Egypt. There are people who are balling today that are still in Egypt because it represents bondage. It represents slavery. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So uh, you didn't have many choices about what you ate. You didn't have many choices about where you shopped, what you wore. You didn't have choices about who fixed your hair. You know, everybody got a cousin that do hair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody got a cousin that do hair. So uh, you, you had very little choices. You didn't have many choices about what you drove. You know, you had that faith card. You believe God for it to start. You believe God for it to stop, you know. You follow what I'm saying? Some of us got on that cycle of of um, what, what what they call it. Whenever you get those um, uh, <laughs> you you get those those paychecks before time. The, those uh, um, I forgot the wording for it, but you know what I mean. It's whenever you 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 rob Peter to pay Paul. You know, before it's time for you to get paid again, you already getting an early paycheck. Uh, and we got on that cycle. And sometimes it takes years for you to get off of that cycle. Uh, and, and, and I'm telling you, you know, but no one knew that you were in that kind of bondage. You know, you went to the grocery store. You couldn't buy what you wanted. So you always in the cheap meat section. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were going in, you wanted to get something that had some lean to it, but you know, 
uh, don't get mad. You you stayed at the fat back counter, and you was at all of these other counters, and you was getting the you you was getting uh, the bacon that just had bacon on the package. You know, it didn't have a name brand. It wasn't Alma Valdedale. There wasn't none of these. It just said bacon, and you could see the fat through the pack, but you had to buy it anyway. You you understand what I'm saying, boy? This was a time when we were in that bondage. And we were so happy to have other people in bondage with us. So we we created a crew of bondage people. <laughs> but this is when you live within a culture of evil desires, just like the Bible says over in Genesis, the sixth chapter. And it says that man's imagination of his heart was only evil continuously. You would sit around and dream up evil. You would dream how to do evil. You follow me? You remember these days. And you were full of evil desires and foreign gods. You know, you worship everything. You worship everything from a 72 Pinto. You worship, you know, uh, we was talking about uh, cologne, women's cologne. And, you know, you had Tommy's girl. Uh, you know, this was back in the day. They got some stuff like that now, some knockoff now. But they had Tommy's girl. You know, you worship Jimmy's girlfriend because you could afford that. You, you follow what I'm saying, you know? You had Brute by Fabergé. <laughs> you had all this stuff, you know, and you were in bondage. But the thing about it was is you didn't even know how much bondage you were in because you became accustomed to it. You became adapted to living that kind of a life. And so, therefore, it didn't bother you anymore. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? So, you know, all the movies you went to were matinees. And if you went to a movie late at night on a Friday night, you skip the bill. You know, I mean, we had, boy, we had it tough in Egypt. You follow what I'm saying? Egypt, they ate a, a bunch of onions and garlic, which represents Egypt stinks. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to get out of there because Egypt was funky. You, you follow what I'm saying? So we wanted to get out of there because the life we were living was subpar. And so... Many people got out of there and they forgot. They forgot that you did your own Jerry Carroll. <clears throat> they forgot that you had three or four bottles of, 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 of dish detergent standing upside down on the sink so it would be down at the bottom so when you open it up, you could get the rest of it. And you put it in, put water in your shampoo just so you could use everything, shake it up, get it all out of the bottle. You know, I'm telling you, these were times that were tough. They were lean to say the least. And, you know, and, and we were nasty. We had nasty ways. We had nasty attitudes. You know, we were, we, we, we would get somebody told in a minute. Some people say, I still do. See, because see, part of your attitude is still in Egypt. It's got to come out of Egypt. That's when you were in bondage to the taskmaster. We lived. We lived on a, what they call on a rail. I don't know if you know what a rail is, but when you you live on a rail, a rail is a predetermined course. It's a course that once you get on it, you just ride it out. There are no exits on the rail. You just ride it out. And we live life on a rail where we had habitual practices things that we did all the time, right, wrong, or indifferent. This is how we live. 
and we lived on a rail. And so Egypt was 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 jacked up for us. You follow what I'm saying? I mean, I can go back and think about some of the times in Egypt, man. And I'm telling you, it was not it was not a pretty thing. <laughs> it was not a pretty sight. Just go back. Don't stay back there long because you might think that right now you got it all going on. But you go back and look at some of those pictures that you used to take. Back in the day when you had them long collars. And you had that that wopsided afro. Well, you know, you was cool. You didn't think that was a problem back in the day. But it's only when you come out and you look back, you say, my God. Was that me? Yes. And then some people had the audacity to say, man, that's a, that's an ugly picture. <laughs> Camera is not, is not partial. It take what it see. You follow what I'm saying? So that was Egypt. And I don't think I have to go back too far to describe Egypt because that's what ran us to God. It was Egypt. It was the garlic. It was the onions. It was the making straw. It was making bricks without the straw. It was that taskmaster. It was when things were, were so tough and so hard. When you was buying cars, when you bought them, they had over 100,000 miles on them. And you paid for them for five years. Are you listening? Boy, this is not the kind of life God has for us. And so God was telling us, I have better for you. Come up hither. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So now let's go to the wilderness. The wilderness is the next phase. And I want to read something first before we go to the wilderness. I want to read Ephesians uh, chapter 2. And this is from the ESV. Remember when I said it was, we were living life on a rail? And it was, a, it was essentially, um, it was a way of life. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. And the Bible says, and I had it up, Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, go ahead. It says, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now is at work in the sons of disobedience. And the Bible says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. The Bible says we were living out desires and passions of our body and our mind. We thought some stuff. Crazy stuff. We didn't have any control over our mind. It essentially was a way of life. This is how we live life on a rail with no exits. We had no choices. And you might not have been one of those that was deep over in the sin. You might, you may have been a sophisticated sinner. You know, sophisticated sinner is those that never realized that they were in sin. So instead of them drinking wild Irish rose, they were drinking wine coolers. <laughs> and they thought they would step above. They was in a higher level of sin and high society of sin, Chardonnay. You was drinking all of the, you know, 
upper class sin. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? And we were deceived and we didn't realize it, but you were in the same place of the person that was drinking old Mr. Mac. You were still a sinner. You follow what I'm saying? So this, we were living life on a rail and, and God came to get us. Now, Listen to what happens in the wilderness because that is the transitional period where we leave there and we go to the next phase. Have you found yourself? Are you still there now? Are you still battling these same old things now? Let's go uh, to the wilderness. Go to Exodus chapter 8. Well, now we're going to talk about the wilderness. And this is something about the wilderness. It's one thing that when we hear it, it has a negative connotation. But to be perfectly honest with you, that in any of the translations, the, the, the translation about the wilderness was all positive. It wasn't really, it was not the, or, the origin of it. Now, there was, some, there was some crazy things that happened in the wilderness. However, the origin of the wilderness was positive. Let's read this in uh, uh, chapter 8, verse 1. The Bible says, listen, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Now, did you hear what God is saying here? God is saying to Moses, Go and talk to Pharaoh. Tell him, I said, let my people go that they might serve me. Now, they were not going to serve God in Egypt, and you can't serve God in Egypt. Many people still claim to serve God in Egypt. Many people feel like they're serving God while you're in Egypt. But in Egypt, Pharaoh is your God. There were not two gods Pharaoh was your God. That's why that thing didn't go, it didn't fly out in the wilderness because God intended for the children of Israel to come into the wilderness to meet him. You had to understand something. They were 430 years of eating onions and garlic. Now that's the kind of stuff that gets not only in your breath, but it gets in your skin. When you start sweating, you smell like onions and garlic. You understand what I'm saying? So sin got into our skin. It was in our nature. We just sinned because it was nothing else to do. You follow what I'm saying? I'm just going to go out here and just sin. <laughs> you know, so God had the children of Israel come out to meet him in the wilderness. Now, for 430 years, the people were in a culture that had not known their creator. And this is how it was when we was in the world. We didn't know our creator. We was out there, man, serving the devil, and we had no idea who God was. And, you know, sad to say, people right now still don't know who God is, even people in the church. But let's continue to go on. See, the wilderness is where we were called to meet God. This is where we were called to establish a, a, an understanding, to establish a relationship, to establish communion with a God that we had not known. So see, when God called us out of Egypt, out of the world, out of sin, the first thing he wanted to do was to commune with us so we could get to know him, so we could acquaint, like Job 22 and 21 said, acquaint now thyself with the Lord. 
He wanted us to acquaint ourselves with him, get to know him because God was going to have to change us for the transition of going into Canaan. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this is the reason why God wanted us to come out. You follow what I'm saying? He wanted us to become familiar with him, to become acquainted with his power. He wanted to show us his miracle working power. And I don't know about you, but I remember when I first got saved, it was almost like Aladdin's lamp. When I first got saved and I start praying, man, it was almost like before I finished praying, boom, or how the song said, whoop, and there it is. It was there. As soon as I finished praying, there it was. But you know, I, that thing almost caused me to backslide somewhere because when the magic wore off and God required faith out of me, remember Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, is it possible to please him? Well, God has to give you space to use your faith. And so when he, he stopped me from rubbing that lamp, I was so dejected, so disappointed. Man, my, you know, he could have said to me, why has thy countenance fallen? Because I was a sad person. And many of you are like that. Some people backslide. Some of you are listening to me right now because you can't rub the lamp no more. Come on. Let's be honest. Some people right now are following God from afar because you can't rub the lamp anymore. God is trying to grow you up. You follow what I'm saying? He is trying to grow you up. And when you can't rub the lamp anymore, this is the time for you to switch over to faith. This is when God wants you to trust him when you can't see it. So he wanted to show the children of Israel, I'm going to make, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to make your Nikes grow for 40 years in the wilderness. And if you started in the wilderness at size seven and a half and you ended up out of 40 years, you was wearing 11, your shoes grew. Are you following me? He was letting you see that fresh manna could rain down from heaven. He wanted you to know that if you hit the rock, that, that water was going to come out of a rock in a wilderness. God wanted to establish something with his people in the same way with you. Now that you are no longer in Egypt, God wants to show you he can pay your bills. God wants to show you he can provide clothes and food for you. He wants to show you that he can change that nature, that culture you had when you was in Egypt. When you just, when you lie because you could, because you could get away with it. You know, God wants to change that culture. He wants you now to learn his ways and learn who he is. Now, but this was the problem. Because in the wilderness, there is no external things to keep you motivated. There are no sights to see. There is no, 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 put no pullovers for you to chill. There is no beautiful sunset. There is no flowers to smell. Nothing but cactus. The only thing was in the wilderness at that point was God. And for many people, that came to the place that was not enough. And that's where many people are today in the wilderness. 
they don't see anything anymore. They don't seem to see God moving. They don't seem to see God answering their prayers like they wanted him to. They have developed an opinion about what the wilderness is supposed to be. See, because you got to understand something. God told Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, that they might serve me. He didn't go to them individually and tell them that. So when they went out into the wilderness, they had to go out by faith and they had to go through instructions. And it was not enough. There was nothing out there. And many people desired to return back to Egypt. Remember when they said, Moses, were there not enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? And many of them wanted to go back. Psalm 78 and uh, 41, I believe it is, says that they, they, they went back. They turned back. And limited the Holy One of, of Israel. And many people got out in the wilderness and turned back. There's two groups that turned back. Some of them turned back at the first sign of problems. You know why? They were close enough to Egypt to get back on their own. There was They had many roadmaps because they were not that far. And they could turn around. They could go back. Many of them returned back to bondage. See, they were out there in the wilderness and they developed amnesia and they forgot about how they were beaten. They forgot about how they were fed onions and garlic. They forgot about how they were forced to make bricks without straw. They forgot about how they were isolated and they had no choices. And everything they did, they did by the hand of the enemy. He forced them. People develop amnesia and they forgot. I see it today. I see a lot of people who come to God and they're beat down, broken down, crying and weeping. And then somewhere along the way, when they get out in the wilderness and they develop a few choices, that monkey got off their back. That proverbial monkey got off their back. And what happened? They develop a few choices and they forgot why they left Egypt. And they turn around and start drifting backwards. Are you listening? Go to Galatians chapter 4. I want to show you something here. Galatians chapter 4. And I want to read verse 9 to you. The Bible says, But now, after you have known God, or better still, rather you are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements were unto you desire again to be in bondage. He said, you desire again. In other words, you are choosing to go back. You're not forced to go back. You are choosing. He said, you desire again to be in bondage. You know what people say? It was easier for me to live in a life of sin and in the world than it is to do this faith stuff. It's hard for me to live this life. And when they look and see that God did not free you to do what you wanted to do, he freed you to do what you ought to do, people began to exercise their free will and their choice to go back because they'd much rather be back in Egypt with a crowd than to be alone in the wilderness. We need to check that. People don't want to be alone. So they much rather live a life and they think they're living a life where there's no demands on them. 
Because when God expects certain things out of you, that's what he wants to see happen. Most people decide, I want to live the way I want to live, where there are no demands on me. Not realizing when you go back to the devil, that's all that is a life of demands because you have no choices. You can't choose when you go back because the devil has will put you back on the rail. Now, so no matter where you are and what your status is, you have a wilderness. You are either learning God in the wilderness or you're looking back for a way to go back. No matter who you are, no matter what kind of status you have, you might be a CEO of a, of a business. You might be the owner of a business. You got a wilderness. The wilderness could be your kids, could be that hard-haired kid of yours that won't listen. It could be a bad marriage. It could be no trust between you and your husband. You got a wilderness. You follow me? It could be. It could be your. It could be your finances. Could be a wilderness. It could be that house you live in is a wilderness. Let me tell you something. No matter who you are, you got a wilderness. Now, going into the wilderness simply means leaving your old life behind. That's why most people didn't want to go into the wilderness. There are so many scriptures that talk about people. When the Bible talks about Lot's wife, when God said, get out of there, there's going to be a destruction. The Bible says, and Lot lingered. He lingered because he didn't want to leave that life of familiarity. Neither did his wife. And as she left, the Bible says she turned and she looked back. She didn't want to look, look want nothing back there for her. There was nothing back in Sodom and Gomorrah for her, just like there's nothing back there for you. I don't know why we keep looking back. You're looking back for Boudreaux. Let Boudreaux come out on his own. You're looking back for where you used to be how you used to live. You're looking back for the familiarity because you don't want to learn anything new. And I'm telling you, looking back will cause you to go back. You follow what I'm saying? So many people don't want to leave that old life. And there is nothing in that old life that will benefit you. Nothing. God said, behold, I do a new thing. You can't recognize it looking back. Now, finally, let's look at Canaan. Canaan is the land that is flowing with milk and honey. Yet, there's a fierce battle to be fought to dwell there. I want to I wanna really bring close attention to this. Because when we hear Canaan, all we see ourselves doing is laying back in a hammock eating grapes. Like somebody's got this big palm leaf and they're just put they're 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 just fanning us, and you're laid back with your head back, eating grapes, and somebody feeding you grapes. Listen, you better go back and read that story. Going into Canaan is going to require you 
to use the faith that you learn in the wilderness when you learn God. Now, if you cheated, when I say it cheated, if you were in the wilderness and you didn't learn anything, you're going to be just like those spies that see yourself as a grasshopper and not want to go into Canaan because you don't believe you can win in that atmosphere. But see, the thing about it is there is a battle because when you get at the door of Canaan, you're going to see opposition. And you're going to have to fight a fierce battle if you are going to live in the land flowing with milk and honey. If God is going to be able to bless you, if God is going to be able to fatten your pockets, if God is going to be able to cause your life to be filled with covenant things, you are going to have to fight for it. You can't just lay down every time you just feel tired. See, that's what we do. We feel like when we're tired, that's a sign for us to stop. Know when you're tired, that's a sign for you to persevere. Because those giants that they saw were sitting in there eating their grapes. Those giants were sitting in there living in their land, drinking their milk, eating their honey. And if you want what God has given you, remember the Bible says in 1 Peter, according as his divine power, he hath already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything you need, God has already given it to you. You're still trying to get what God has given to you when the only thing you have to do is stand up and take it. God has already given it. It's already awarded to you. But God is not going to hand it to you, and neither is the devil. God is giving you entitlement to it, but you have to go in and fight for it. Most people don't want to fight for their marriage. They don't want to fight for their children. They don't want to fight for their finances. They don't want to fight for their church. They don't want to fight for their friendship. They don't want to fight for anything. Because if I'm saved, it should just come natural. Listen, you're going to have to learn a little more about the Lord than that. You're going to have to fight for something. You want a better place to live in, you're going to have to fight for it. You want to drive a better car, you're going to have to fight for it. You know why? Because the enemy is not going to allow you to just come in and possess it. So, therefore, you've got, you've got to learn that Canaan represents a fight. There, listen, if you're going to lay in a hammock and eat grapes, you're going to have to fight to get it. You're going to have to go throw that big rusty devil out of your hammock. Slap them grapes out of his hands and do battle so you can lay down in peace. It's not going to happen. That's the misrepresentation we have about Canaan. So listen to me. And I've said this before. It is not the challenges of this life that causes us the greatest problem. It is not the challenge of going into Canaan that show that presents the greatest problem to many people. What presents the problem to many people is a is a path to a lesser thing. A clear path to a lesser thing. So if we see a great thing that God has given us before us and we can be a part of something great, we won't fight for that. 
as long as we can look to the right or to the left and see an easy path to something not as great. That's what we'll go get. Why? Because it's easy. The path of least resistance. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because of the opposition in Canaan, many of God's people died because Canaan was too hard for them and Egypt was too far back. See, by the time they got to Canaan, they had traveled a long ways. Remember the first group? They hadn't gotten that far. They turned around and went back. Well, here's the second group that tried to stick it out and got all the way to the door of Canaan and saw the giants, saw opposition, saw a fight. And they looked back and they could not see Egypt anymore. It was too far away. So they died in the wilderness. They died, leaving no legacy. They died, never possessing the land. They died, never accomplishing anything. They died, never making a mark for Jesus Christ. They died and see, this is the thing. I heard, I think it was Dr. Monroe, he said, leave this life empty. Don't leave this life, man, with all your gifts and talents. Don't leave this life never making a mark for, for anything, make, especially for Christ. Don't leave this life uh, full. Your gifts and talents. It's like I heard a guy talking about being in heaven and a guy stormed the gate in heaven trying to get in. And he got, when he got up to the gate, his shield was all shiny. His sword was sharp and all of this. He hadn't even used it. It's like those guys that, you know, that win the Super Bowl and their uniform is clean. They, I mean, yeah, they're going to get a ring and that's how some people want it. I just want a ring. Once I show them, listen to this, listen to this. Once I show you my ring, I'll tell you my own story. It won't be what really happened, but it's my story. And I'll tell you my own story. You see this ring here? Boy, I'm telling you, we were surrounded by the devils on all sides. And God spoke to me. And I swole up like Samson. Had the strength of Hercules. And I started knocking down devils from left and right. And I'm telling you, devils was crying. They were screaming. And I got this ring right here because the Lord was with me. Follow what I'm saying? People today don't want to fight for what's real. Just give me a ring and let me tell my own story. Let me close this thing. So, in the wilderness, God became your God because you met him there. Or you were overthrown in the wilderness by your newfound freedom. See, you was under a taskmaster in Egypt. You were made to do everything in Egypt. That's why people right now still are like that because they have an Egypt mentality. So everything has to be forced on them. You know what I'm saying? If it's time to pay your bills, you wait till the last day of grace period. If it's time for you to do something, you sit on the couch until it's just you don't have no more time left and you have to hustle. You have to, you have to, you have to fight to to to, to achieve it at the last minute. Everything. Is, is a press because you got an Egypt mentality. 
See, and in the wilderness was a time of preparation. New found, found freedom overthrew a lot of people in the wilderness. And that's why a lot of people never made it into Canaan. Because Canaan represents God's best. Did you get that? Represents his best. Your marriage. Everything that you touch. It represents God's best. Now, I don't mean that it's perfect, but it just means it represents God's best. And are you living in God's best? Or are you living in your story about God's best? Some people won't let their life tell you what they look like. They rush to try to explain how their life is so you can see it and you can just automatically just take it and go with it. But I'm here to tell you right now, God has a story for each and every one of us. And it's his story. Jeremiah 29 11, he got a plan for us. It's his plan. Now, let, let me close with this. You don't have to be broke. You don't have to be impoverished to be in the wilderness. Any area of your life that doesn't represent God's best is still in the wilderness. Any area of your life that does not represent God's best is still in the wilderness. And you got to come out of the wilderness and you got to bring that part of your life out of the wilderness. If you're going to walk in God's best, you're going to have to come out of the wilderness. You met God in the wilderness. He's shown you how to do it. Now it's time to come out. Are you listening to what I'm saying? God is never going to bless the person you pretend to be. His plan is not for the person you pretend to be. His gifts, his talents is not for the person you pretend to be. Instagram is for the person you uh, tend, uh, pretend to be. Facebook is for the person you pretend to be. But reality in God's kingdom is for the person God called you to be. So I hope you was hope you were blessed by this. Share this message. Because some you know somebody that's in one of these places, and it might even be you. But share this message. Are you listening? Subscribe. Subscribe. So when you know when the next video drops, we're putting out new content all the time. And we just want you to be abreast of what we're sharing. God is doing tremendous things with TRC. Won't you be a part? So whatever you do, whenever you do it, and however you do it, you make sure that you are entering Canaan land. That's where you can really keep it real.